Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All It Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how we can use our own grief and our experience in grief to help others who are also grieving. So, as bereaved parents, we are well acquainted with grief. We understand what it is. We are experiencing it. We have been through the deep waters of it. Depending where you are on this journey, you are quite familiar with mourning, with sorrow, with grief, with pain, with loss. And oftentimes when we're in the depths of pain and sorrow and mourning, it can be a really lonely, lonely place. And we do talk about that, you know, on this podcast about how isolating that can be and just how bad our culture and society is with grief, with death, and especially like the death of children. Um, the more unexpected, the harder, the more unnatural the loss, the harder the loss, the worse our society and culture is dealing with it. And the more isolating of an experience it is for those left behind. But something I did notice in my own grief was all of a sudden my eyes being opened to how many people were suffering and mourning. And I saw suffering, of course, in a variety of different aspects, not necessarily physical death. But today we're going to focus on the physical death part. And I think that oftentimes when, you know, the kind of scales have been removed from our eyes, so to speak, we all of a sudden are like, oh my goodness, there is so much death in our world. There's so much death in society and in culture with movies and video games and TV shows and, you know, just how consumed our world is with darkness and death. And um, maybe some of you noticed that before. I know it's definitely something that's discussed and talked about, but I think there's a whole new level of like, wow, once those eyes have truly been open in a personal way like ours have been. And something that I found to be really encouraging and something that I also found to be therapeutic was when I could connect with other people who truly understood loss. And it doesn't mean that they understood my loss, that they had personally lost a child, but we could talk about, you know, just grieving and pain and suffering and kind of just in the way that it affects our life. And oftentimes I felt like people who had experienced like great loss, unexpected loss, more tragic loss in their life. You know, they were just better at sitting with me and listening and being that support and kind of likewise sharing and discussing and talking. And then I also noticed all these people that came up to me sharing their own stories of loss that I never even knew of. And I think that's the power and advocacy and the power of speaking up and talking about these things is that all of a sudden then it makes other people comfortable to also share their stories. You know, I learned of other people that was like, yeah, you know, I lost my child at this point and here's my story. I never really, you know, talked about it. I kind of just kept it in word, you know, back then it wasn't socially acceptable. And so they've just kind of buried it and kept it hidden and you never would have known. And all of a sudden they're like, feel, you know, comfortable and okay coming out and sharing their story and just how commonly that happened. And, you know, maybe I'm unique. Maybe that doesn't happen to everybody else, but just, 
as I would engage with people and talk with people, just the stories I would hear, whether it was them personally or somebody they knew, whether it be a friend or a relative or what. And it just was shocking to me how common this type of loss is and was and has always been. And when you go back in time, I mean, people lost at least one child, if not more, just due to lack of, you know, the medicine that we have nowadays and the healthcare system we have nowadays and all of that, just disease, dirty water, all those types of things. And so how it really just came to light, how it's really very new that bereaved parents are in the minority and culture, because for most of time, it's been the vast, vast majority. And really, rather than asking, have you ever had a child pass away? The question was, how many have you had pass away? Um, And then I think too, you know, as we begin to talk and share, you can see, wow, other people have experienced this type of loss and, you know, hopefully, and then they open up and you can start sharing stories and talking about it. But, you know, within that, it felt like almost I could also be a soundboard to them and be a support to them and sit with them in their own grief and in their own mourning. Um, But maybe they were never really allowed to grieve or to mourn. And I found that to be very therapeutic and healing in a sense. And even with people who hadn't necessarily experienced the death of a child, I just was able to be so much more aware of just the way that death impacts our our lives and our society and seeing others that, you know, maybe lost a parent young and just the impact that that's had on them and just the difficulty they've had with, you know, Hey, my dad, my mom, they're missing out on all these things in my life that I always thought they would share with me. And, you know, who's going to walk me down the aisle when I get married and just all these things and just having a new layer of understanding and sympathy towards them. As I've said before, I haven't lost my parents, so I can't fully empathize, but, you know, really feeling for them like, yeah, you know, that would be, that'd be a hard age to lose a parent or yeah, I never really thought about the subsequent losses to the extreme, right? And now I'm so aware of it. And so just being able to kind of have these good, deep conversations with other people who understood mourning and understood great loss, even if it did look different. And I think sometimes, you know, in our community, depending who's surrounding us, it's going to be a mixed loss baggage. And obviously I do think there is a very uniqueness to child loss and being a bereaved parent, but instead of focusing on the differences and kind of the niche community that we are being able to kind of expose myself to others that really had experienced deep pain and really understood like sorrow sorrow and tragic circumstances and just being able to kind of talk and share experiences and you know just a safe and a welcoming way was very therapeutic and very healing and just a way to connect with people that better got it better understood and even if they couldn't fully understand they were much more sympathetic you know more empathetic you know I would say fully sympathetic and to a varying degree empathetic, you know, with my loss and what I was going through and then vice versa for them. And, um, I remember one coffee or one conversation I had at a coffee shop with, you know, a group of three other women talking about one who had lost um, a husband, one that had lost a father, and then one that had lost a child and just talking and discussing and just going through all this. And, you know, I hadn't even known that the one had lost a child. And so just being able to kind of like share our experiences and our feelings and what 
helped us, what hurt us, and how many of them were the same, you know, even though the loss may have been different, like, oh yeah, when people say these things, when they act this way, I find that to be really hurtful, or, you know, I found these resources or these things to be really an encouragement and helpful for me in my own grief journey and just kind of sharing and talking about that. And so I definitely recommend it. It's something I highly encourage is, you know, just be more aware of those around you. And I think it's just something that naturally happens when you go through this and then connecting with those people and trying to, you know, share experiences and kind of provide that safe space where people respect your loss and are thoughtful and cognizant and kind and caring in regards to it and just the power that that holds and has. Um, and just kind of the beauty and that. And then as that goes along with it, you know, as you as you see these other people struggling as they see you and your grief, then as you just learn more and more about how many people you know that have lost children, especially, you know, the generation that's maybe the age of our grandparents or something, just them, just how much loss there is, you know, in my own family, I learned that my great uncle's firstborn child um, passed shortly after birth. I knew, um, that one of my dad's cousins um had a baby girl who died um you know again shortly after birth and then i learned that my own uncle's parents had lost a child um i learned that one of his brother's kids had lost a baby um and then just recently another one of his nephews um him and his his nephew and his wife, you know, they just lost their baby and just so on and so forth. It's just like, I'm just so aware and it just seems like it's everywhere and it's all around. And it's just like, whoa, wow. I mean, my parents next door neighbor who had been our neighbor for like a decade, you know, his first child was stillborn and just him recounting his story. When I um, delivered my son, the doctor who delivered him, her mom's first child was stillborn. And, you know, she was talking about that. And it was just like, whoa, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And then just different people in my life. You know, there was two people in my life that I thought I knew pretty well and found out that they had both had stillborn children. And it's just like, man, these are people I've known for years and years. I've had conversations with and it's never come up. They've never mentioned it. And I think part of it is at that time period, it was so taboo. I mean, they wouldn't even let you see your baby after they were born. They would just take it away. And it was just like, this is just going to disappear. It's going to vanish. We're just going to erase this and pretend it never existed. And you know, that's obviously we know now how unhealthy that is and detrimental that is to the grieving process. But man, I couldn't believe how common it was when I felt like I was so alone and like this never happens or never happened. And I do understand that it is less common now than it was, you know, a couple generations back, but still being able to connect with people across the generations that have had this experience and, you know, to, to share feelings, to just have that support, to have somebody that gets it to some level, right? Um, and so many of them, you know, are envious of us today and how medical and, you know, psychological recommendations have changed because they obviously wish that they got to see their baby, that they got to spend some time with them. And so definitely thankful that I got all of that. Um, would have loved more, but thankful for what I did get and just so thankful that I could kind of just be a voice and a spokesperson. And by doing that and by 
you know, others seeing my pain and sorrow, I was kind of able to build somewhat of a community of grief and just being able to have some good conversations with others. You know, I was able to have a conversation with a young gal who had lost her dad pretty young and just the effects that that had on her growing up without a father and now in her adult life and, you know, just sharing. And yeah, it's different. It's a different story, but just that safe place to share and to be there for other people. And just when we're able to also think outside of ourselves and loss and grief, just the mental benefit that that does for us, because while we're grieving, it can be so inward um, focused that it can be, um, hard to kind of get out of our own head and our own world. So I think it's so good and beneficial to have opportunities to do that where we can see others and to see others pain and suffering and to just, you know, be that soundboard to share stories, to be a support to one another. And so I encourage you to, you know, find those opportunities and to take advantage of them and to use them because there is something so therapeutic about it and just really helpful. And I think just culturally in society, in society, just helpful to have these discussions and these conversations because grief is around. Everybody's going to face it multiple times in their life to one degree or another. Um, now they might not face the type of grief we're experiencing, but you know, there is other traumatic types of losses and losses that definitely affect people and that stays with them for a lifetime. And so just sharing what we do have in common in our loss, rather than focusing on the differences, sometimes focusing on the similarities can just make us feel less lonely and more supported and more understood and being in that space where we're willing to listen and learn and grow and share and just how beneficial that can be. And so I definitely encourage you guys to you know, find those people that that are safe that you can talk to and that you can kind of swap lost stories and sad, you know, grief stories. Because unfortunately, our world has become obsessed with grief and dying, but in a way where it's a spectator event. You know, we obviously are aware of that the true crime community has utterly exploded. There's so much money in it. It's a huge deal. Um, but you know, it's very sensationalized and it's kind of it's for the view whether it be tv shows depicting it or podcast or youtube channels or whatever it's just it's such a world and it's such a thing and we're seeing it just creep into every kind of area of media and stuff um but it leaves out more often than not the the families that are left behind the grief that comes from the loss of these individuals and um I think that that's the part that, you know, needs the spotlight shown on it that, you know, yeah, the crime story might be interesting, but how about the families that are left, that are left to grieve, that are left to pick up the pieces, that are left to mourn, you know, how about acceptance and support for those people going through that path, experiencing those experiences and, um, you know, I think the same can be said with us. It's it's not flashy to talk about the people left after the passing of a child. You know, it's it's just not, regardless of what the passing is, the family left behind isn't the fun part to report on. That's not what gets the views on TV. It's not what makes the shows on television. And so as we can kind of create that community for ourselves and begin to kind of, as we join together and share stories, provide support and kind of just slowly and surely then like raise awareness to like yeah you know it doesn't end at the memorial service it doesn't end at the funeral once 
the person comes back, you know, in the urn or the person's been placed in the ground and then buried. It's not like the story's over and everything just moves on. No, like that's just the very beginning. And everybody else here is left to pick up the pieces and to figure out who they are and what life is going to be like and to deal with it. And, um, that's what we need the spotlight shown on. And that, that time after is sometimes just the hardest and the most lonely. And so I think when we can connect with others that can be sympathetic to be, can be understanding can have, you know, some like-mindedness that can just be really, really helpful. And then as we do that, you just kind of create more and more awareness of the community and support that the bereaved need. Um, because, culture is not just going to magically change. It's going to be advocates like us that uh, bring awareness to this and hopefully bring about a change, but it's definitely going to be a slow going process. Um, As I said, it's not glitzy. It's not fun. It's not glamorous. And so until that time, just finding those like-minded communities, even if their grief is different and just seeing what you do have in common and what you can learn about just the grieving process. Cause as we say, the process in of itself is the same. Um, The trauma you know, the pain is more significant often with bereaved parents, or at least that's what studies would indicate, um, as we learned last week, but, um, just having that like-minded community and it can be hard to find that with people that have had the same type of loss as you. So if you can just find others that have had that intense pain, understand grief and can provide support, it can be a really great thing. And just keep your eyes open to those that are in need and struggling because as you see them, you can come up to them, you can share your story and then you can become that community and then they can also be there for you as well. And you know, it goes both ways. You can support each other. And I just think when we go through stuff like this, our eyes are just open to it and we're just so much more aware. And so as we see it, let's not just pass it by. Let's also seek it out to build community to get a bigger group together so that, you know, we're a, we're a population segment that just can't be ignored or continue to be brushed under the carpet. You know, I think all those things are so important and so vital. Um, but until that time, just having that community to talk to and to debrief with, that is a safe, sensitive place that understands pain and loss and just the benefit of that. So that's my encouragement for you today is just find those others that are suffering, that are going through difficulties, talk, swap stories, be there for each other. You know, as you look beyond yourself, as you see others hurting, it can really help in your own journey and grief and, um, just your own figuring out and dealing with the different emotions, you know, as to have someone to talk to without that like formal therapy type vibe and approach, which for some people is better and healthier. And regardless, you know, you can only afford or do so much therapy. So it's still, it's still important to have people in your real world, in your real life, in those communities. There's just a unique value in that. So that's my, you know, encouragement um, for you is to look for those people, find those people, talk to those people and, um, you know, share each other's burdens and be able to, you know, uh, unload your heart, your chest to to a like-minded ear um, and someone who's sympathetic. So anyways, I hope that you are having an okay week. I hope you're getting through it. Um, Maybe your week's been really, really good. Maybe it's been really hard. You know, whatever it is, I hope you're doing the best you can possibly be doing considering the circumstances. Know that you're on my heart. You're in my prayers. Um, You guys hold a special, special place to me. And never forget that you are the most amazing mothers there are. There is no harder job in motherhood than the job of giving back your child. And it's the hardest road 
that you can walk and just know that regardless of how you're feeling or how you're doing, you are superwoman. You are amazing mothers. You all deserve an amazing mother award because of the situation you've been put in. You're here, you know, you're, you're fighting this and that's something to be celebrated and encouraged. And so, you know, you go girl, that's, that's awesome. And just know that there's support and there's love in this community. Feel free to contact us. If you just want to connect, talk, if you would like to share your story, um, if you have some ideas for the podcast, we love hearing from you. Email us at maverickjohnconnis at gmail.com. Um, the description, the email will also be in this description um, below. And thank you so much for your time and being here. Remember, we drop new episodes every Friday, 3 a.m. Eastern Time and 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we look forward to seeing you next week and sharing this time together. Thanks for being here. <laughs>